All right, another episode of Stuck in the Middle podcast. Uh huh. Yeah. This is the honest man. This is who we have in the building today. Hey, we have a research scientist, a global youth ambassador, and an activist. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jonas Paulus. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you have special people like this in the building, man, or in town, you just got to grab them before they pass you by. And, uh, you know, appreciate Mane, who's, you know, an avid listener to the program, and also Ngeso, who's also an avid listener to the to the podcast, you know, making a guest suggestion. Like we said, you know, stuck in the middle 237 at gmail.com if you, you know, have anybody in mind you want them to stop by. But yeah, welcome to the pod. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you guys so very much. Uh, I'm really glad to be on the program. And, uh, Thanks to Nane and Gay who yeah, yeah, pushed yeah. me. Gay told me you have to be on this program. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to bribe me, eh? <laughs> but um, but I'm really glad that um, I could make it. Uh, mm. And uh, you guys are doing a marvelous job. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you. I think I came across this program where you guys had a live interview with one of your guests, mm-hmm. and I had no idea you guys were the ones doing it. So this is a good job, and. Uh, all the best and keep up the good work. Thank appreciate you very much. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. So, hope, hope for children, camera. I just want to dive into it before we come back to who you are. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like in stuck in middle, we like to go in depth, like find out what a person's story is and how they break out, they broke out of modes. But hope for children, Cameroon. What you know? So, um, to me, there is this one called hope. Eh? Mm-hmm. Hope is that's the only thing you you've got left, and everything looks like it's falling apart mm-hmm. if you don't have hope then you're di- then you're a dead person so um you know we all live in a very complex society uh um so many wars so many conflicts and every single day you know people ask the question what's happening uh what's your future gonna look like and this is the vision that we have at hope for children a vision where every single child is in school because we we have i do believe that uh education is the only thing eh, that can never be taken away from a human being but there are there are 124 million children who are out of school today 124 million worldwide who are out of school yes globally who are mm-hmm. out of school today 62 million of them are girls 59 million of them live in sub-saharan africa and the rest of them might never have the opportunity to go to school. And it's not, nobody wants to go to, nobody wants, nobody does not want to hate you. And education, the circumstances in which they were born into, led them mm-hmm. to the state in which we are in. And as a global citizen, and as a human being, and as a citizen of every single country, it's our duty as human beings or as citizens to help those who can help themselves, to be the voices of the voiceless stand up for those whose rights have been manipulated or those who have been desolated and they have no other person to look up to <clears throat> and that is how hope for children was born in 2011 with the vision of making sure that every single child is in school and learning and before 2011 we've been doing some work you know what happened was you know growing up for us was very challenging mm-hmm. because you know when you come from a family where your mother is everything eh? she takes care of everything you know feeding school it becomes very challenging you know and I'm, i give a shout out to all the mothers out there who are making sure that every 
who are making sure that every single day uh, they can they can live for us mm-hmm. it's because of who we are that they are happy and um so growing up was very challenging you know i still remember the time that my twin and i would go to amumezam i don't know if you guys know amumezam in my tube yeah <laughs> i would go sell chips eh and peanuts <laughs> and bananas and there, there was this time that uh you know my parent my mom would tell me the person who sells the most money gets something eh? mm. so when my twin sees this customer you know running to sell something i would go ahead and you know cut <laughs> the middle <laughs> so that i so that i sell to that person you mm-hmm. know just so that you know i wanted to have the present you know but um it was a good experience uh, and i think if i didn't have that ex- if i didn't have that childhood i really wouldn't have appreciated what i have today the struggles that we face every single day is an opportunity for us to build on them is what is education to you and like your own educational background and coming up that has made you and your brother develop hopeful cameron so uh my my mother i will tell you my mother my parents they didn't really have money you know we just like you all you know we all from africa we all come from very middle income families mm-hmm. and uh but my our parents all wanted us to go to good schools right not just any school so but we went to St. Bits College. So shout out to all the Sabitians out there. So I did seven good years in St. Bits. You know, the discipline in St. Bits was just crazy. And it's because of that discipline that I where I am today. Mm-hmm. Self-discipline is is the virtue that every single human being should have. Self-discipline is very, very important and self-esteem. Those two things, when you don't have them, then you are not leaving. So for, for you, did you always have that? No, I didn't. But you have to build it up every single day. Mm-hmm. We all have our, you know, our bad days. We all have things that we wish we didn't have. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have a good voice. Some people, <laughs> you know, can't speak in the public. You know, some people are very shy. Some mm-hmm. people feel like they're not good looking, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are, and we live in a very competitive world where if you are not good looking, if you are not smart, then you are pretty much down there, you know. Mm-hmm. But you've got to build self-esteem. You you've got to use the things that you don't have to better the things that you can have so um went to school seven good years had my o levels a levels wrote the entrance exam to the medical to the school of laboratory science at the university of boya so i went to school i went to boya for four years so graduated in boya in 2028 worked for a while with the malaria institute doing some research in mutengene and that was my very first time that I had the opportunity to work with pregnant women. And, you know. How was that experience? There you go. That was a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I keep telling people, especially us, Yen, we should be privileged eh, to be living in this country. And that privilege comes with what? Responsibility. It's not just being privileged to be living in the U.S. No, it comes with a lot of responsibilities, and that responsibility is what are you doing for the other person who does have who does not have that privilege as you have. I was working at a health center, and women. I was actually working in the labor room, and women were giving birth on on wood. Mm-hmm. Maternity had just wood, nothing gloves. You had to buy gloves. Wow. you know you women would come without gloves they would not attend to them so all those things actually made me 
to think that you know we need as human beings to stand up for people yes. people who don't have the opportunity or don't have the voice we need to stand up for them so um after that i went to the u.s had a full scholarship to study at new mexico highlands university very boring place eh? <laughs> very boring. but good for studying good for studies tuition was not that much but uh so many Cameroonians were in that school too but that was where i learned how to be outspoken i was a very very shy person i could just not even speak in front of people you know but um I did two years, worked as a research, uh, a graduate assistant. My research was on human infertility. So we actually came up with a gene that we that, that was responsible for causing infertility in men. Yeah? We can talk about that later. <laughs> interested, but, I'm yeah. like caught in the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Which was good. And then um, after that, I graduated, uh, started job hunting, job hunting. You were not, I was on a student visa. That's the worst kind of visa to get as a student in the u.s so much pressure so much pressure and 50 percent of them would quit school Mm. 50 50 percent of international students would quit school because they cannot keep up with the tuition many of my friends classmates they got married you know and they decided to become illegal you know and Again, you can't blame them, you know. Everybody yeah, I, I, I think um, that's one of the things that makes some of our young men get into the pitfalls of, you know, the criminal activities mm-hmm. in America because, mm-hmm. you know, they they have no options but to do Absolutely. that. You know? But again, I tell people, if you are very smart, this country can give you every single opportunity that, yeah. you, that you would get. If you are smart, mm-hmm. it's not for lazy people. Mm-hmm. If you are smart and if you don't have the money... You go see your teacher and this is my situation. You will get... Is that what you did? No, that's not what I did. But I'm just trying to tell people that when you tell me that there's not an option, the options might be very limited, but there are options. Mm-hmm. But for me, since I had a school, full scholarship, still, I would still work in the kitchen. Eh? I would still, you know, <laughs> pantry, washing those plates. Eh? See, I think you coming from the boarding school background, uh-huh. you know what I mean? You were so strong and you believe that if I do this, I'll make it through. You know, Absolutely. so you went out there, you took jobs mm-hmm. in the in the kitchen, doing whatever you had to. But somebody that comes from a privileged background, a camera, and he can't make that transition. And a lot of a lot of international students, at least that I've been experienced with, they're from like privileged backgrounds in Nigeria and things like that. So yeah, I agree. And you know, people would laugh at us, eh? We wash plates eh? and clean the floor mm-hmm. and. Who cares? You're doing it for you, not for them. And to me, doing what I was doing was actually what gave me confidence in myself. Self-esteem. People, you know, again, it's so hard to be an international student in the US. It's so difficult. But if you stay on track, if you know what you want and you know how to get it, you will succeed. That's my message too. You know, a lot of my friends, they're not in school. And again, most of my friends that we came to in this to this country to say at the same time, they are still nowhere. They don't have a bachelor's degree. If you're doing something because you want to make money, sorry, 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 sorry. 
that's not who we are as human beings that's not who we are as people that's not who we are as people who are here to better ourselves and our and lives of other people you can be washing plates it should be temporal mm-hmm. you should not keep washing plates because you have no choice it doesn't make sense have you should have an end goal to yes it. so um graduated 2011 looked for a job took me six months to get a job eh, as an international student six months very very difficult i applied people people might never know this i applied for about 125 jobs hmm. indeed every single place the moment cameroonian on your resume they kind of sends you africa mm-hmm. your f1 visa nobody looks at you because you are not an american citizen mm-hmm. you're a burden you're a burden to them so those most of those jobs eh, that are out there there are already people having those jobs it's just putting them for formality purposes but again don't don't don't, don't feel don't feel like everything is messed up don't feel like your future has come to an end how did i get my job it was during hurricane there was a hurricane here in maryland um i've forgotten the name that night i just went on india and i was looking for a job and this lady wanted somebody with a phd in what i was doing in in uh, biology with focus on infertility and that was my research thesis i emailed her and said mom i just graduated from school i know you're looking for a phd but i think what you're looking for the job description i actually meet some of them most of them two days later i received an email and she was like i like the fact that you approached me i like the fact that you emailed and you know you sent me your resume you sent me your paper your thesis that you wrote and you know what she said can you meet me can you fly to wisconsin in two days time wow. i was like even today i'm gonna fly <laughs> day, if that's if that's what you want if <laughs> yes so she booked for my flight told me to contact her assistant i went to wisconsin it's very you know naive as i was i had to do a presentation i did a presentation in front of professors in front of phd holders on my thesis she dropped me at the airport and said congratulations you got the job that's how i got my job i don't believe in applying online that's waste of time and to my young you know africans out there if you're looking for a job email email is the best go to the people that are offering those jobs email them tell them what you can offer because you don't you, you don't just say i've applied for 200 jobs i'm tired no you've got to go an extra mile because as africans in this country where where their limit is that's where ours even starts, starts. Mm. preach you have to go uh, you have to prove yourself at every single point that you're that you're better than them you're not proving that you're better because there's no option you have no option you have to prove yourself that you can do better because racism you know we all face it every single day but again you know uh i worked for four years in wisconsin as a research associate i liked my job but uh you know funding became a problem and when funding becomes a problem the first person to kick out is you who is on a visa eh? Mm -hmm. 
Because you don't have any use for us, eh? Yeah. You don't have any use for us. So what is this ant thing? <laughs> By the way, that's a Canadian. Sorry. Yeah. That's a Canadian uh, side yeah, popping yeah. up, yeah. eh? I became just, uh, you know, I become addicted to that. <laughs> you know, to that last A, E, H. But never uh, mind. Yeah, go, yeah, on, right. go, go on, go on. So, um... Uh, Yes, so uh, I became uh, so it became very difficult for me to keep the job because of funding. I was given two weeks to get a job. Imagine coming up, coming back from Cameroon. Mm, you just met your family after Christmas, <laughs> after New Year. Sorry, on the third of feet of <laughs> wow. February of January, and you greet your colleagues, and then your boss come and say, you "Just come to my office. Hey, we we got something to talk about." Yeah. Paulo, sorry. Uh, you know, we don't have money, and we're thinking you we're gonna let you go. But you, you being there, you just came back from Cameroon on vacation. Do you think that kind of influenced that decision a little bit? Like this guy's on vacation, like no. But you, we, we as a, as a full time staff, we have you have you have, you have vacation, you have vacation hours, and, hours and things like that. Yeah, you have vacation hours. You know, it's just that there was no funding. Mm-hmm. You know, but and I'm like the first person to go. I'm like, like you can't give me. You can just tell me. I'm gonna lose my job and you give me two weeks to get a job. Bro, I within those two weeks, that was the worst time I ever lived on earth, eh? That was the worst time I ever lived on earth because you're online every single day, just waiting for that person to post that job. Wow. The, 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 you know when you go on indeed and they say posted 32 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the job you're looking <laughs> for. Looking for. Not two days ago, because it's gonna be gone, yeah. eh? So that was that was my story every single day. Wow. On the computer looking for a job. I had no choice. I was on a visa. I could not get a job out of my institution because they were the ones sponsoring me. So I started knocking at doors. My boss my boss said I could give you a good recommendation later. I said, okay. I started knocking at doors. Please, I'm looking for a job. So I went to this guy and he he was actually looking for somebody. He hired me. I was so happy. I worked for him. Then, later I started working now on research on the cancer of the esophagus. That was the thing that actually made me to quit my job. Because working with animals, with rabbits, every single day doing live surgeries on them. Trying to understand how cancer progresses or how cancer cells, you know, um, how you can understand the cancer cells in the cancer biology in a human being every single morning you get up in the morning you have to do a life surgery that's it nothing there was no growth there was no promotion there was no comfort yeah so if you're doing a job out there because you want to make money yes the money is good eh? but you're going nowhere a stagnant you're going nowhere that's the reason why when I see my fellow Africans, you know, coming from Africa, I want to do nursing. Yes, nursing is good. But you should be thinking what you got to do without nursing. If you're doing nursing because you want to do nursing and you're passionate about nursing, good. If you're doing nursing because you want to make money, that's where the problem is. So do the things that make you happy. The most important thing is in here. Am I happy doing what I'm doing? If yes, you're in the right track. If no, you got to think otherwise. So, um, I quit my job. My boss was like, how are you quitting your job? You know, you're not, 
you're, you're, you're an African. Africans don't quit jobs. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so because was she white? Uh, yeah, she was. She was a white. Uh, <laughs> Literally, she said don't that. Don't quit jobs. Yeah, because she thought I had no choice. You know, uh -huh. she could just manipulate with me. And I'm sure and she like she she yeah. had done that. For so after that, moved to home, which, which is Canada. So I've been in Canada now for three years. I work as a research associate, a uh, research consultant. I was working, sorry, I was working with, with World Vision. World Vision is a Christian-based organization. So I was working on a WHO funded program in Niger. So I had an opportunity to travel to Niger, the poorest country in the world. And while in Niger, I understood what it means eh, to live in poverty. We, we, don't, we, we, we have not seen poverty. But uh, so that's what I've been doing. I'm doing also back in school, doing a uh an advanced degree in leadership and community engagement so that's the little i can say for now this guy is, he has so many layers in him man, man it's crazy like this guy i don't know if you have a list of like his degrees in like dude <laughs> <laughs> and like not to like you know saying like puff you up or anything but like that's i would say this you are the embodiment of what this podcast is about as far as being stuck in the middle is people who are from african descent mm -hmm. who are here for a reason and that's you know seeking greener pastures of course you know better life here for themselves and you know, back home as well and you just find yourself in that middle ground it's like man there's two words that you're trying to bridge together and you and your brother are doing that so passionately and so well like talk a little bit about how you guys got started with hope for cameron you know it's people you know most of my facebook friends uh they say please bring that un money eh? and let's eat some of them <laughs> you know you have to understand one thing it's a huge challenge even till now the work we do it's very very difficult you need to do it a hundred percent it's not 50 percent. it's not 85 percent. it's not 99 it's a hundred percent that is why passion comes in and passion could come in in two ways it could come in because you lived it or because you experienced somebody who went through that circumstance, that, that same situation. Mm -hmm. For us, we lived it. You know, most Africans here who come to the U.S., most of us are not from rich backgrounds. We are all from struggling homes. Mm -hmm. Our parents sent us here for one thing, to better ourselves so that they can be better off. Yeah. To better ourselves so that they can be better off. You're the golden ticket absolutely and so when you come to the u.s and you mess up well you go to europe and you mess up sorry you have to think otherwise and that's where peer peer pressure comes in peer influence the kind of friends we keep the kind of people we we we, we hang around we hang around with actually makes us make the certain decisions which we may, we may regret but um so how did we start you know, when I was in St. Beats, you know, they'll give us pocket, pocket money, eh? They'll give you money for the, for the, for the term, mm -hmm. you know. But my twin and I will save our money. We save 5000 every semester, every term. We, keep, we, are, we know what they call bank, you know, in Cameroon, yeah. small bank. Yeah, piggy bank. Where yeah. you piggy bank, you put your money inside. So we will keep that money at the end of each term. It will be up to, at the end of each year, it will be up to about 40000 francs. That's $80. Hmm, pretty much so that money would use it to buy school use it to buy pens school books for kids that were 
that we would see at school working barefooted you know going to school because to us we believed that it's our duty to not see a chance offer if you are in a position to help you must not be a billionaire to help you must not tuition in cameroon is two thousand francs for one year that's like 25 that's two thousand francs is four dollars eh? but we've got to look at ourselves the privileges that we've got the opportunities that we've got what are we doing with them you cannot be better off than the person next to you is not better off you cannot be safe the person next to you is not safe because you're going to be scared this person might, might attack me at night or you know or come and steal or rob you know rob you so we've got to help other people we've got to help the children of the world there are so far 124 million kids who are not in school they would never be in school 62 million of them are girls 59 million of them live in sub-saharan africa girl marriage is a big problem in africa mm-hmm. so the reason why we decided to start decided to start for children cameroon was because we wanted to make sure that every child is in school and learning when a child is at home that child is very vulnerable early marriage child abuse trafficking and also to make that child just to enjoy his use of a childhood of going to school just with us just like their friends you know so we started hope for children 2011 so since then we've sent over over 1300 kids have benefited from our programs mm-hmm. that's 1300 so we work in the area of sanitation we provide we build toilets so that get kids girls especially kids especially girls can stay in school and learn because we realize that lots of girls were not going to school because when they on where where they were on their periods they felt uncomfortable also when schools don't have toilets girls have to walk long distances to get in the bushes which is not safe for them so they rather stay at home and um so we also work in the area of uh agriculture so we try to promote um safe foods in school so we provide school we we we, we build we start school gardens so that kids can learn how to grow food in a sustainable way their own local foods teach them the basic skills so that they can grow their own foods at home we also um built schools so we just built completed a school uh last year we handed it away last year provide benches uniforms pretty much everything that makes a school safe for a child to, to learn so that's what we've been doing since 2011 and we keep doing more and we're trying to expand to other communities in Cameroon. So is it just going to be Cameroon or do you plan on going to other countries It's in just Africa? going to be Cameroon, bro. That thing is not easy. Eh? This philanthropy work is not easy. First of all, funding, personnel. Just going to ask how you guys funded. Yeah. It's a big problem. Funding is pretty much self-funding. So we have a group of about eight amazing Cameroonians who are all here in the US and Europe who are part of our team mm-hmm. shout out to them they have been doing an amazing work so imagine young Cameroonians studying in the US some of them are working actually devoting a certain percentage of their salary towards making sure that kids can stay in school and learn that to me is phenomenal mm-hmm. and there are so many of us doing that in little ways you know and I encourage everyone to do that because you can be anybody 
if you don't lift people up you've got to lift up their spirit you've got to lift up their souls you've got to make them happy it's our duty that's our legacy what's your legacy gonna be what are they gonna be talking about you when you leave this world and i think that's that's who we that's who we should be people that are caring loving compassionate and happy seeing other people succeed so yeah man it's sure like you know if you're listening you get a chance to check out the facebook page some of the you know the stuff that you guys do the videos is it's reflective yeah it's inspiring man. and you guys are also involved in um you know you also do gender equality yes yeah, so that's another big topic eh? so yeah. <laughs> you know so i always get into argument with my male friends you know when you talk about gender equality what does it even mean within an african context we come from a very patriarchal society africa where the guy the man is you know the head of the household mm-hmm. the woman has no say the woman is in the house cooking for f- cooking food having babies pretty much that's it but when you come to europe or the us it changes if you have kids guys either feeding the child and you the woman cooking and vice versa or changing the diapers or whatever you know but why do why don't we do that when we go home it's the mentality yeah so when we when we take the plane and get off at france or you know in douala it ends yeah and then we come back to the u.s it continues doesn't make sense so to me there can be there can be no world if 50 percent of the population are left out and that 50 percent are women of the world you cannot succeed two hands you know tie a bundle if one hand is not there the other hand cannot it's been a very difficult uh, journey, you know, working in the space of gender equality. But, uh, so what do we do? I don't know if you've heard about the He for She. So the He for She is an initiative by the UN Women. UN Women is an entity of the United Nations. And they started a campaign called He for She. He for She. Mm-hmm. And who is the global ambassador? Emma Watson. She's, I think she, you know, I think you guys know Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. did the Harry Potter thing or the Bell, Bel Air or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So last year, uh, September 2016, I had the opportunity to to have lunch with Emma Watson in Ottawa. She selected eight of us globally who are doing work in the field of gender equality. And what are we doing? We go to the villages and tell those men, eh, those spies and young boys, don't beat up your wife. If you beat up your wife, we'll come looking for you. You know, we threaten them. And they know when it's coming from white man country they've got to do something mm-hmm. so but we tell them in a nice way we make them understand and we use storytelling imagine your neighbor's daughter is in the u.s every year she comes back home with dresses for the for her mother you know for the kids don't you want your daughter to do the same that tickles their memory they start thinking so since we've been doing that engaging men and young boys you know in ending violence against women violence is a big problem it's a big problem in africa and if we want to continue doing violence then there is a problem there is a big problem because violence is when you have self-esteem and i'm telling all the men if you're violent to your wife because you have self-esteem low self-esteem you, you, 
you can't just be beating up somebody you know we cannot afford to beat our women our sisters our girlfriends you know we cannot afford to be beating them let me ask you this right yes um back home i know for a fact that you know the military people especially during the end of the month mm-hmm. when it's pay time <laughs> you know they collect their paychecks and uh-huh. stuff the first place to go to is a bar uh-huh. so they drink up they drink half of their paychecks some of them the, the entire paycheck right they get drunk they go home and the very first thing is you know you, you know women they go oh so you're coming home drunk that means you got your paycheck what are we gonna eat you know for the rest of, i mean for these next coming months the man is like oh you figure it out and if the woman wants to talk more, you know, he's going, you know, beat the woman. Like, what, I mean, have you guys addressed the situation with the military people? Or is it just in, you know, the um, villages Local. that you guys... Yeah. So, pretty much, we haven't reached, we haven't, we haven't worked with the military. But we work with women in the local village, in the villages. You know, where a woman goes to the market, sells njamanjama, you know, sells whatever, comes back home. The guy is just crossing the legs and just waiting in front of the door. I need that money. The woman is pretty We've much told the women, friends, eh, yeah. don't give any money to your man. If you're giving, it's because you want to give it. Mm-hmm. And if your man attacks you or beat you, call us. So the men, are, so we were talking to the men while their kids were there, their wives were there. Were there. Well, I asked this guy, you know what? And this, what is, what is actually what we did? We, we went to a school. We brought all the men from that village, in that school. The women all came. The kids were all there. And we're asking the men, have you ever beaten up your wife? No one answered. And their wives were laughing. So I asked, why were you laughing? They said, because they didn't want to speak up, because they were lying. We told the men, if we yeah, say you've beaten up your wife, we will know and we'll do something. And we will recognize those who promote their wives, those who respect their wives. And that has completely changed the mindset of this man. How so are you promoting? Sorry. How how so are you promoting the um the the ones that don't beat on their wives? So what we do is, you know, we tell them if you if you if you don't beat up your wife, you know, we're gonna help your kid. At school. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're gonna send you school. We're gonna help your kid at school. That's a good so strategy. majority of them would rather not beat up your wives because they want they know that their kid is gonna go to school. so they are trying so imagine but again it's that's not supposed to be the case right as a father you've got to take care of your kids you should not be th- you should not be thinking of your, you should not be taking care of your kids because somebody has given you a condition but again in africa within the african context you must use these little strategies you must start from somewhere okay now that their kids are in school how can you push it forward now you're telling them don't even beat up your wife because even if you i'm not going to send your kid in school but i'm going to do something you know so it's been it's been it's been helping and now more men are bringing their daughters to school more of the fathers are bringing their daughters to school we are having more we are having more girls in school enrolled in school and the message has gone through all the villages such that even the chiefs are getting involved if the man is caught beating up the wife, you 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 risk your life of either being having to go, either being punished, or something would would you know would be done. But uh, it's changing. But again, as a as a guy in the field of gender equality, it's very challenging because my friends leave that for the women to take to to to, to, to take charge of. You know, but I think we are all 
I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it. This feminism thing, eh? It's very complicated. But I think we are all feminists. And what I, by, by feminist, I say, I, I mean, if they, were, if they were beating up your sister, what are you going to do? You react, right? Mm-hmm. If you saw a kid, a child, hungry, laying down on the floor, what are you going to do? You're going to say, you're going to buy some food. That is who we are as human beings. You must not be in a group called feminist before you do feminist before before you, before you recognize a feminist we do we have all feminists every single day we stand up for our sisters we stand up for girls people that don't have a voice so it's just a matter of acknowledging it and doing what is right because a world where 50 percent is suffering is no world it's a useless world and we've got to end that and we and we should not see women as as competitors eh? we should see them as partners Speaking of women, you got a chance to meet one of the, you know, most powerful women in, in the world right now, the queen. <laughs> the queen? Yes. Queen of England. Queen of England, yeah. And How was that experience? And so, <clears throat> actually, it's, today makes two years exact that I met the queen. Oh, wow. 2015, July, 20, June 28. That's a strong woman, man. She is. She's a very brave woman. She doesn't speak much, but her actions speak for itself. Yeah. So, um, that was the best moment eh, of my life. You know, when I was thinking at the time, we're selling, you know, bananas, peanuts. And this guy was Tamaya before Tamaya. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish, you know. But again, humility is one key word which we should all embrace. Humility and respect. If you're up there, respect people who are down there. Because you never know when it's going to flip. Yeah. It could just flip like this in a minute and you're done. Hmm? But I got the call from Buckingham Palace. <laughs> December of hey, guys. December of twenty <laughs> Hopefulcamroon.org. <laughs> or what you know. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I got a call December December actually. Buckingham Palace got your phone number. Yes, they called me and they were like And your brother or just me? They called just me. And they were like sitting over Three thousand people applied. You were shortlisted among the sixteen. No, you were shortlisted. You were shortlisted among, I think, one hundred. And today we're giving you the news that you're gonna be meeting the queen in six months from now. So wait, wait. You apply to meet her? Yeah. So no, so you don't apply. So somebody nominates you. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. there were about three thousand nominations. Mm-hmm. You don't just apply, no. Because again, you must be doing something. They, they, they did. It was three phase interviews, you know. Somebody nominated me. They, they went through the application. They called me, did interviews, did another interviews, and they select. So sixty young people were selected across the Commonwealth to meet the Queen. So it's called the Queen Young Leaders Program, and the Queen Young Leaders Program is a program that actually promotes and recognizes young people within the Commonwealth that are doing things to help their country and their communities. So. Uh, Yes, you know, going to Buckingham Palace is like going to heaven, eh? <laughs> it's like going to heaven. It was the best experience, um, the best experience of my life. You know, the day we're meeting the Queen, you know, got into this big bus, you know, through Buckingham, went through London, you know, we're about to get into Buckingham Palace. The gates just opened, you know how the gates of hell, heaven opened in the Bible, eh? Just walked in and then... Uh, the bodyguards are waiting for you guys, greeting you guys. It was a different experience. 
you know so we met the queen they gave us a small it's like a crown no you know it has a title which i really don't use it but you know so the queen so i met the queen uh and she told me you know she's she's heard about the work that we do in cameroon she's very amazed and we should keep up you know, people were asking me, does she smell good? <laughs> you know, no, herself. what did you talk about? But <laughs> yeah, you know, how is she? She's very, she's very funny. She cracks a lot of jokes. But um, that was in 2015. So after that, uh, because of the work that I was doing, I got connected with the secretary of the queen. The secretary, and I had, to, I had to meet the queen again. Wow. Not in person, but she was passing by me in Buckingham Palace. So I actually had to, I actually had to do a presentation in Buckingham Palace. That was 2016. February 2016. So we went there, you know, to call what are you looking for? My name was really on the guest list. The bodyguard took me in, you know, as I was going in, the queen was coming out. So they hurriedly rushed me to one. Because when the queen is walking, you don't nobody is walking by her, you know, for safety reasons. They rushed me to one so that she could pass by but it was a great experience and um uh, also in 2014 i received the youth courage award from gordon brown the former prime minister of the uk for the work that we do in cameroon and then uh uh the emma watson's emma watson award of 2016 for for young people who are doing work to uh promote gender equality but to me these awards they mean nothing because these awards they've actually made me want to do more you know, yeah, they, they mean they, nothing to me. But they're supposed to be like encouragement, though. Yeah, I mean, like you know, um, it's like that degree, man. You see, like, you just see it hang on the wall. You're like, oh, <laughs> like we got man. our own award right here. You know, you're shout like, out to man. I just gotta keep pushing. I just shout out to pushing, Giselle, grinding, you know, giving you know? us an award, and also Eureka right now watching intently and you know making yeah, live yeah, comments. Making live comments. Yeah, oh, yeah, shout out to Yuri. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Um, so the awards they mean nothing to me we have an award it's an indication that you've got to do more more stuff people when i meet Cameroonians, they say please i want to hold your hand eh? i want to watch, i want to hold your hand i want to greet the queen eh? but to me it doesn't mean anything and when i meet people i don't talk to them about the, the awards no if you want to know more go google eh? and get all the information because it's not what you've achieved it's actually what you do it's actually what you're doing to help people succeed that matters to me right it's not how many degrees that you've got how many cars that you've got or how many certificates that you've got it's how does those degrees translate into making somebody succeed that's what mentorship to me is very important i receive messages every single day people asking me to mentor them you know and again i know some of my Cameroonian africans will be very mad but we african youth are so lazy so lazy eh? <laughs> especially back home so lazy you send a kid this is an admission this is a scholarship opportunity for you to apply they will tell you please if you have let me you know fee application form i'm like <laughs> you are in america then you want me to fill application form, eh? and i sent it to you and send it to me bro so i tell them i just tell them sorry you know because if you know what is good for you you're gonna do it right right but this is an opportunity for for them to come to a land where they idolize so much though so why would they be like oh can you help me is it that they don't know the direction and to me it's priorities our priorities are not straight eh 
you are either doing something or you're not doing something you either want to go to school you don't want to go to school if i send you on the link to an application for a scholarship and you are very eager and you were very serious you're gonna do it you're gonna be asking me i feel this this is a question that i have mm-hmm. you're asking me questions but you're not telling me to do to it do for it, you right. you know and i do that for a lot of people but again i do think but i'm very very impressed with our generation our generation can be the generation that could end global poverty i'm very very sure because of the young minds coming up where we live in a very technological uh, environment generation skilled but i just my message to every young person there is don't quit quitting is not for us to be precise quitting is not for africans Mm -hmm. because if we were to quit as africans we would have quit long time ago when you were still walking barefoot eh, to go to school yeah that's true you'd have quit since so quitting is not an option you're you've got to struggle 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 and please there is this thing among very common among africans you know we we live in we are very competitive competition is what is killing us i buy this shoe you want to buy Buy the same shoe yeah i buy this car you want to buy the same car Mm. do what makes you happy full stop Mm -hmm. if you're buying a car because it makes you happy buy it if you're buying a car going to show up then when they when when it's time to pay those bills eh, you will be showing up pay while paying those bills <laughs> right right so but again you know i'm very optimistic with our generation the world is very complicated right now we live in a very complex situation the world so many wars so many conflicts i was in niger and my time in niger actually made me understand some of the privileges that, that i have niger is the poorest country in the world 50% of the population of Niger is under 15 years old. It's a population of 17 million. So half of that number is under 15 years old. 15. 15, 1, 5. 89% of the girls get married at 15. Before their 15th birthday, 89%. <coughs> it's, a, it's a Muslim country. So early marriage is a, is a very normal thing. And they don't do contraception, you know, family planning because it's against the yeah, you know. But the poverty in Niger was crazy. We had up so my I was going to Niger to do some work or we're training community hall workers how to use smartphones to improve the quality of care in children. And anytime we go to work, we had escorts. Escorts of about twenty people. Policemen, you know, in front of us, some people behind us, with those big you know lenses you know scanning to see if there's a Boko Haram person coming because it was a high act he had a high he had a high activity of Boko Haram but again what made me to go to that country was not because uh I just wanted to do it. it was because I wanted to see the challenges that these people in this part of the world face and when I came back from Niger my it opened a lot of opportunities for me it opened a lot of ideas so many so we must always challenge ourselves challenge yourself because it helps you grow it helps you understand who you are as a human being and uh yeah so what other countries no this is great this is great yeah. where other countries have you been in as far as like you know the work with um so uh so i was in i was in china two months ago i was invited by peking university it's like the harvard university in the u.s to come and 
and talk about African Chinese influence in Africa. So it was a good experience for me. I've never been to the, to to Asia, mm-hmm. so going to China was a great experience for me. Then I was in Denmark. I was in Denmark for work. Then, um, then also Germany and Rome. Recent last um, last September, I received an invitation from from the Vatican. Uh, to the Vatican was inviting sixty young people to come and talk about uh, the issue of child trafficking, mm-hmm. and they wanted to get perspectives from young people how we can end child trafficking so so it was a good experience i met the pope and that was another experience that i would never forget and when i met the pope uh, we greeted we, sh- we greeted we show hands and he told me you should pray for me because i'm a sinner <laughs> that is what he told me and i'm never gonna forget this you know that to me is humility that to me is we are all sinners we are all we can all be better people so we should not see somebody and just say okay this person you need to be humble humility is very key so um yeah and then uh next in about two months in july june july because i'm going back to denmark for a training uh so the un selected about uh a couple of us to be there for a day training so but you know the travels and again the, the problem with the travels is you know people think i have money eh? they think there's <laughs> money in the bank account because every time people like you know my air miles don't surely flop pass uh you know and can they borrow and stuff like that but again it's because i don't work at the moment you either doing something you're either working or you're doing something that you're passionate about you cannot be doing the two it's hard so when i quit my job i was like I'm gonna just focus myself on this uh, the work that we do in Cameroon. It's hard because how are you gonna pay your bills? How are you gonna pay your rent? It's very challenging. It's a very very tough question. Mm-hmm. But where there is a way, where there is a will, there's gonna be a way. Right. That's what I believe. So how's life in Canada right now? Canada is good, eh? It's very beautiful. The beautiful city in the world, eh? And uh, the six. Very diverse space. I love it so much. People from. All over the world. I've met people from Vanuatu. What part of Canada are you? Toronto. Toronto, okay. I've met people from Vanuatu. I've never heard of Vanuatu. Never. Vanuatu is like the islands, one of these small islands. Where? In Asia or what? Do I even know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, around Fiji, them, you know? Yeah, yeah, Fiji. Okay. So it's a very. So, so it tells you that it's a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. A country where 50%, 40% of Canadians are, were not born in Canada. All he be rated to Canada, mm-hmm. so I really love it. Um, it's very expensive, eh? it's very, very expensive. So, if you're coming to Canada, make sure you're gonna get some money. <laughs> Housing is very expensive in Toronto. Was it like that when you moved in there? Because I watched the documentary, it says because Canada allows, um, like if you come in and invest into property, you get to um, be a resident. Yes. So a lot of Asian, wealthy Asian, they come in there and they buy a lot of property to get that um, residency. You're very you're on point. You're okay. very right. So in the next time, five, ten years, eh, it will be Canada will be all over. Canada will be taken up by the Chinese. Mm-hmm. They have properties. They have houses. 
there is a big problem in Canada. Most Africans, because Canada has what you call the skilled workers program. Everybody in Canada who is not who is, who is of African descent, pretty much came through that program. When you come to that program, it's so hard for you to get a job because Canadians want to hire only people who went to their schools. So it's so hard for you who started outside to get a job. It's so hard. I know people who have been there. I know pediatricians who are driving Uber, who left pediatricians who, who, who were pediatricians in, in in Pakistan, in in Egypt. They are doing Uber. Is it the same thing as the H one B one the visa thing you you did when you were no, here? No, this one is more like a, a skill workers program. So you're coming to Canada with a skill. Okay, so it's a it's a point system. It's not like a lottery. It's not like the U.S. lottery. Mm-hmm. It's a point system where if you if you have a certain level of if you have a certain education, you have a certain number of points. If you speak French, you have a certain number of points. Mm-hmm. But that's weird though. If it's a um, point system and it's meant to employ people coming in with skills acquired from other places, mm-hmm. like. Well, that's what that's what encourages people to go and apply. But when you get there, it's different mm-hmm. because the market is so tight. It's yeah. so tight. So imagine people from the US are moving to Canada. People from Europe, pretty much Europe is gonna be free, empty pretty soon. Everybody's moving to Canada. Now they've even launched another mm-hmm. one they call Express Entry. So <laughs> within a year, you can you can be in Canada. So it's a very good, but it's a very good place to raise family. It's a very good place to study. That, that sounds like something you don't want to say near Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know people left because of you know the following day when when Donald Trump won the election, you know. The Canadian website, immigration crashed. website, crashed. Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> it crashed. So. so, I want to go back to, you know, Hope for Cameron. Mm-hmm. You're going down in December. Yes. For what purpose? So, we just go home pretty much for work. I mean, in, in September or December? I might go in in September. Okay, yeah. So, you know, I, you know, it's hard sometimes working from distance. You know, you need to yeah. go and see what's happening, mm-hmm. you know. Where is it in, like, where do you see Hope for Cameron in five years? Good question. Um, you know, I, I want, our vision is one where we want to see a community of people who are very resilient and our goal actually is to ensure that uh, every single child that passes through our program actually gets something doing, something that they are passionate about. Are you either... If you finish high school, I mean, if you finish class seven, as you call it, you want to do hairdressing, carpentry. To us, you, you, education is not everything. Yeah. You can't force a child to go to school as our parents are forcing us now. You must go, you must, you must go to become a doctor. You must go to become yeah. a lawyer. Hell no, it's wrong. It's wrong. Let the child figure out what they're best at doing. So that's what we're doing now. When kids finish uh, class seven, go class six, we ask them, what do you want to do? They tell us, you know, we want to do this, we want to do that. So we figure out, we put them in those spaces, in those programs, you know. I think that's great because, you know, back home, I mean, I know I haven't been, you know, home in a while, but, you know, while I was there, you know, just, you know, learning the educational system, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of hard for you to actually go to school, graduate, and get a job. You know, you graduate, you have to take this exams to get into the job force. But for those who actually went through a vocational education, it's easy for them to get in because they were hands-on with Absolutely. It, you know, and all that stuff. So, And to me dope. right now, vocational education is key. It's very, very important because you can you can create your own job. You don't need the government to... Yeah, that's that's what I was, I was trying to get to with you. Um, 
like a venture capitalist do you look are you going to look into like sponsoring kids who want to start up a business like give them a small amount of funds absolutely you know? so our goal is pretty much that's in 15 10 15 years you know start like micro micro loans you know mm-hmm. where we can give like imagine giving twenty five thousand to a woman to start cut a rabbit rearing that's what some angels are doing some angels are giving a ship to a family and after three months they have like eight ship turnover mm-hmm. and when it when they have those eight ship the angel takes back their one ship gives to another family makes sense and they keep the eight and they keep the seven so they give a male and a female right the meeting so it's you know so there are so many models you know but i do think funding is always a big problem for young people especially for people who are not privileged hopefully you don't give that shit to a greedy person who won't kill <laughs> kill it, yeah. <laughs> i want to ask you yes yeah no, no, yeah no. i want to ask you you can decline to ask because it's such a subject you know people have different and varying mm-hmm. uh, opinions and, and thoughts about it education is a lot it's something that you guys focus a lot mm-hmm. on hope for cameron there's no schools in cameron right mm-hmm. now your, your, your thoughts on that and what do you guys if anything doing about it you know it's very very sad eh? it's very very sad to to see a whole year being wasted it's 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 over two years over t- it's just something that you know i can't even process because these are futures this is this is a, this is a future of kids who would have been persons if they had gone to school but that's not gonna work you know i know um last LDC I met Irina Bokova. She's the UN general. She's a general for UNESCO. And I asked them this question, you know. You know, we are going through some crisis now and I'm sorry, can you, can you just tell me what UNESCO is? <laughs> so UNESCO is a UN entity and they focus pretty much on culture, cultural mm-hmm. heritage. You know, all those important sites of every country. Okay. okay. Like Bimbia, Bimbia in Cameroon is a culture idea, you know, where the slaves came through. Yeah. Then, you know, they focus on culture, I mean, on education and science. So they focus on three things. So I met. And Hope Camera has ties with UNESCO. No, not that. We, we, I was at the consultation meeting because okay, of the okay. work we did, we do. So okay. I was on education. So I asked them, but this is the problem. Again, the UN does not go to any country and tell them what to do. That time has passed. So it's left on that country to figure out what is happening, what's supposed to happen. It's a big problem. And I do understand the grievances and I do understand, you know, uh, everybody's intentions. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think that in life, when a group of people are angry, open your ear and listen. Because if you don't listen, it's going to metamorphose, metamorphosize eh? and take another turn as it is now. And we are seeing all these, you know, people from all works of life coming up and, you know, starting their own small groups. Of, mm-hmm. You know, it's just diluting the situation because we are not united. But I do think I, I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful that our leaders are actually seeing what's happening and, um, something would be done to address this situation but again um how is it affecting huge 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 kids are not in school mm-hmm. it's a big problem kids are not in school and working in our team back home i had to 
send an email and they had to go print that email where after santa that's where they go print the email eh? mm-hmm. because there was no inter- because you know it was you know there was internet between santa shares bodies with babsam you know yeah bunda you know so they had to go print the email in bunda imagine somebody from my tune quen going to bunda to and the road is horrible yeah, yeah it's risky right that's it's so distance, risky yeah it's a huge problem lots of startups were not working you know and it cost the government a lot of money it cost businesses a lot of money mm-hmm. it, i can't survive without internet me i cannot survive without internet me you so not to talk about people who use internet every single day for their businesses but again you know i'm very hopeful um we have to keep praying you know we just need to be hopeful we need to be we need to be patient i know people will be like nah too much of patience eh <laughs> there's too much of patience the dog died eh, because of too much patience eh? <laughs> the dog died because he was hungry because he was patiently waiting for the bone eh? um but i think um my message to everyone there is you know the solution is not burning places it's not looting it's not burning schools it's yeah. not killing people that's not the solution that's not a solution yeah but i think uh i'm hopeful that something would happen or something would be done to address the situation so All right. before i mean before we close the part right mm-hmm. i have um one question for you and i think i'll ask this question to every you know to every guest we have on till uh we actually have our forum sure. mental health in africa what's your take on that you know very good question when we were growing up as kids you would see some mad person on the road and eh? you'll be running mm, this guy is wished bewitched yeah we think mental health is witchcraft is taboo it's not it's not depression is one this to mental health and it's worse among the african community because as africans you are not allowed to cry as a guy you know you're not allowed to express your emotions because when you do that they say you're so weak so if you cry then the woman would do waiting yeah <laughs> that's so dumb and stupid and it's weak, facts yeah? facts depression is bad and we go through depression every single day in our beds in our rooms you know even though you are brothers eh you have your own thing that will worry you and you will not tell the flakes just as the flakes will not tell you but when you're depressed find that soft spot what makes you comfortable during your depressed state and lean on it sometimes when people are depressed they take a good nap eh? they sleep well but again when they sleep they get up still with the problem mm-hmm. <laughs> but again it helps you know but i think mental health is a big problem it's a huge problem we need to address it we need to understand that mental health could come from anything loss of a partner loss of a job anything and we need to have an environment that is acceptive or that is very open to mental health cameron has only one mental health agency a hospital jamo repita jamo it's messed up pretty much nothing happens there we cannot be treating our mental brothers and sisters as animals we cannot it's it's we're in the 21st century once i was in new york i was walking by in new york there are many homeless africans in new york and this guy i had food with me and he begged please can i eat i said i gave him the food and i spent like two minutes and i was talking with him 
but he made me understand that these people are human they just want to be like us they just want to have somebody they can talk to but we don't have time for them because they are in their own world eh? and we are in our own world so mental health is 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 a disease but i think it's a disease that could be cured by with passion we just need to be very passionate we just need to, i mean with compassion sorry yeah, compassion, we need to yeah. be very compassionate about our brothers and sisters who are, who are living in a mental health state and i think you know your upcoming program on mental is very very important it's timely because we're living in a world where there is technology has just messed up everything you know you go on facebook you see something that you're not supposed to see you get depressed you know you go on faith you go on instagram so we're living in a very fast paced society and that is the reason why many we are losing most of our young brothers and sisters to mental health they give up they give up and that's why mentorship is very important get that one person that when you're depressed you call that person that person that will not judge you for who you are that person will understand your problem and even if they cannot even help you at least he can be there for you at any single point in time so i think mental is a very big problem and we need government we need civil society we need partners to actually address this we need we need mentorship we need we even need to prevent us from getting to that state even how do we prevent happiness you know life is too short eh? life is just too short for us to to be to be so mm-hmm. concerned about little things i could be going out tomorrow and night tonight and a car hit me and you know and that's it why should i have you in my mind why should i have you in my heart you know i never chop flop then i will keep you in my my heart too <laughs> that's too much of waste of energy eh? you know we what about relationship just too many things live an open life you know live a simple life that is what matters that is what makes you succeed and that's what makes you happy so forget about the little things that happen you're not the first and you're not the last eh? but if you're so concerned about this person talking behind your back that person is because you're important <laughs> if you're not important they will not even call your name that name does not exist so a person if you hear somebody talking behind your back, glad clap for that person say you get my time so we were talking about i was sleeping you know? i was taking a nap so make them understand that what they are doing is stupid but we bother about so many so many things eh? just too many things it's just too much and our fa- our parents look our grandparents they didn't have they lived on a dollar and 50 a day less than a dollar yeah. they would eat fufu and jamjama from january to december they would not <laughs> buy shoes nothing they didn't even have two brushes but their teeth they're still white eh? how did they survive with their wives they lived happily the mother will go bring food they eat they were not bothering about this person gossip about no because they were contented with the little they had it is because we we want so much we want everything to be with us or for us that's the reason why we go through all this depressed state and to me it's nonsense eh? it's just nonsense sometimes I'm, I, feel, i get depressed everybody gets depressed but when i get depressed it doesn't last for more than a few minutes and i'm done you have to be angry as a human being you've got to be angry but you have a life and that life is to be happy because tomorrow might never come 
it's not guaranteed yeah mm-hmm. a platform for entrepreneurs innovators and artists of african descent hear stories ideas experiences and advice on breaking the mold that's stuck in the middle man where else he gonna get that want to take a time out you know shout out your brother you know yeah so shout out to japanese Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> People say the twin brother. Yeah, the twin brother. Yeah. The twin brother. Son, I can't tell you apart. Exactly. Man. Yeah, but uh, shout out to my brother. Shout out to Naren Doping, to Gay. Yeah. 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 Gay told me she has to be watching the program. Shout out to Miranda Kijam, to yeah, Minala. Yeah, I was about to say that too. Yeah. Yeah, to Minala, Pacha, to Larry Check, to um, Rahul Fasi, to uh, Diana Day to Benis and I think yeah that's our team and are you sure it will be war if you're missing somebody I'm telling you uh, you say hey now you're feeling sure, really very yes, important you're, you're forgetting right. my name so you're right, you better you're right. <laughs> so I wish I didn't start calling names yeah? <laughs> yeah, everybody's coming but to everybody out there that has supported us you know we had a fundraiser 2014 no 2015 20, last year mm-hmm. it was good we really I was so amazed to see young Cameroonians, students coming out to help, coming out to, because the that was here in Maryland. Yeah, that was here yeah, in Maryland. Yeah, mm-hmm. We are planning to have one next year, so we'll yeah. keep you guys posted. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But again, we'll I was very amazed to see young people who don't have, who don't have, but all they wanted to do was to make someone else happy. Right. And you know, people, can you imagine? We, we are all working. We plan for an event. There's a budget, and all of a sudden, people say, "You know what?" I'm gonna provide this for free. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. People who have been supporting us, you know, we go around. We, we get a, a used materials like pen, like writing materials, which we ship to Cameroon. You know, shout out to the people that have been helping us. People who believe in us, and again to God Almighty, because this takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy, and it takes a lot of faith. You must be faithful. You must have faith, and. Thank you guys so very much. I don't know how much to thank you, but uh, mm. it's Man, been listen, a good. Can... I said I was gonna do thirty minutes, eh? <laughs> yeah. but now it's been over an hour. Usually, <laughs> like you know, by the hour, yeah, I'm like it's... tapping him, like yo, let's wrap. But you know, we but, can go for longer. But it's been a good, you know, one hour with you guys, and keep up the good work. And thank you. Thank you. you know what? You guys are doing an amazing job. And one thing I would advise you guys is. There are so many insignificant people out there doing amazing things. Reach out to those people. It's very important. Because my story is already out there. You know? What I do is I try to... I can recommend some people. people Definitely. People who, whose stories are to, be, are to be heard, you know, but who don't have the means. You know, they don't have the connections, you know. To, to shed a light on who they are as persons and what they do and how they do it. So my advice would be to reach out to those people mm-hmm. because we learn every day, you know, from people. And you guys are just doing an amazing work and I wish, uh, but I'll keep in touch and uh, ref- I'll, I'm going to make lots of recommendations for your, for, your, for your show. How can people, you know, get involved or get in contact with Hope or you? You know what? Uh, Facebook, but with my organization, we are actually our website is actually under construction at the moment. Mm-hmm. We had some people from Turkey. I don't know where they came from. They hacked our oh, website. 
I don't know, you know, but uh, we are working on that. Are you sure it's Turkey now, Russians? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, you know. <laughs> like, with a good, with a message, you know, you have been hacked from by us, you know. That's why. So we're actually working on that. But um, if you want to reach out to us, to me, you can reach out to Reflex to, okay, okay, everybody here, and they will get in touch with me. Or you can reach me at Facebook, Patrick Nostar, or you can. Uh, Email me, email uh, Hope for Children, Hope for Children, Cameroon at gmail.com. So, Hope number four, not F O, but four as a number. So, Hope for Children, Cameroon at gmail.com. So, thank you guys so very much. Appreciate you coming through. And, like, man, it's so much packed in that hour. And he's already yeah. checking it. So, AK, let them know how they can reach us in this. Hey, man, before, uh, before that, um, next month on the 22nd of July, we're going to be holding our very first forum on mental health mm-hmm. and that will be in silver spring the iris bills building um you know just you know keep an eye for the flyer will be coming out soon and we encourage everybody to come out there you know because mental health being there it's here and it always gonna be here so you know together we could you know reduce the stigma labeled on mental health in the continent of africa and here in the diaspora as well yeah. Um, please join us. Uh, you know, join us. Let's talk about this. Let's, you know, put the word out there. You know, and so we could benefit um, the next generation to come because it starts with our generation, and we're gonna push that over to the next generation and their generation to come. So please, guys, you know, um, next month on the twenty second of July, join Stuck in the Middle. Mark that on your calendar. And Important thank, date. Thank yeah. you to uh, Leslie Tita as well, you know, for providing the space. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely, it's, it's, definitely. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate it. So, yeah, July 22nd, Silver Spring, IO Spaces. And all our um, live followers right now, join us this Sunday. We're going to have uh, our travel connoisseur joining us yep. on Sunday. Angi Atabo, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be on. She's going to teach you. I mean, she's going to tell you guys how she is able to fly around the world for cheap. And sleep in one of the most beautiful resorts ever. Like a boss. Like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you know, y'all could meet, I mean, y'all could, you know, um, link with us on all social platforms at SITM Podcast. And don't forget to email us at stuck in the middle uh, 237 at gmail.com and visit our website stuck in the middle.com. I mean SITM Podcast.com. That thing is always tricky, man. Hey, it's very, very <laughs> tricky, though. It's very, very tricky. I just need to remember that everything is SITM Podcast. S-I-T-M. Blame yeah. that on me. I started that. Like, bro, <laughs> listen, man. It's been a great yeah, hour and change. You. And, you know, thank you so much. Like you said, when you're having the next uh, fundraiser, we definitely would love to get, you know. Yeah, it was, it was very encouraging and very Yeah, you eye-opening. you embody what this this platform is about. And, you know, we, we appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and as uh, Muhammad Gandhi said, you know, that's... Hey my best uh, you know role model him and uh, um, uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta okay you know Mohammed said go be the change you want to be you know you want to see sorry and uh, Mother Teresa said if you cannot feed a hundred feed just one so that one might fit that yeah so you know it's a difficult world but uh Thank you guys so much and uh, God bless you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Stuck in the middle podcast. We out. <laughs>